Shannon Estuary Way on Live 95. With the Flying Boat Museum in Foynes. We're back travelling along the Shannon Estuary Way and this week we stop off in Clare Castle in Clare. Eric Shaw joins me on the phone. Good morning to you, Eric. Good morning, Trevor. You're going to be educating me all about Clare Castle and the River Fergus. Absolutely. Um, well, Clare Castle is built on the River Fergus purely because there was a crossing point on the Fergus. Uh, there was a ford or weir and they put timber planks across it uh, to aid crossing. And the old name for Clare Castle was Clare That means timber planks across the two fords. And the word Clare is very important because the, the village that grew up around the crossing was known as the village of Clare. And the crossing became known as the, the Bridge of Clare. So that word Clare is important. And in 1570, when the English were naming counties, because of the importance of Clare Village, they gave the name to the county. So that's our claim to fame. Uh, the county has been named after Clare Castle, if you like. Now, as well as a crossing point for people, it was also a defensive point. And over the centuries, castles have been built at that crossing point. So you have the, the village of Clare and you have the castle of Clare. Uh, so that's, and the two of them, in recent times, they emerged to become Clare Castle. So that's where the name comes from. But the, always remember the words Clare or Clare. That's very important. Okay. Um, now, Clare Castle also had a very important function uh, as the port of Clare. How long or when did that exactly emerge? Well, the River Fergus flows into the Shannon estuary about five miles south of the village. And because of the estuary, the river becomes tidal. So the river is tidal up as far as Clare Castle, not up as far as Ennis. Uh, Clare Castle was the farthest part that tide could come. And because of large tides, boats, ships were able to come up through the river, up through the, the estuary, up the River Fergus and into Clare Castle. And Clare Castle became the, known as the Port of Clare. And it was the port for importing and exporting produce for centuries for Mid Clare. It supplied the town of Venice and Mid Clare with produce and enabled them to export uh, products as well. Um, timber was imported in here from Canada and from the Baltic countries right through the 18th, 19th century. And uh, even there's a place here in Clare Castle where they used to store the white deal timber coming in from Canada uh, in a place here and it became known as the Dale Yard. Just it should be the word deal but it became known as the Dale Yard. But the ships from particularly England, Scotland, uh, the continent brought produce in here right up to 1969 when the last ship came up here. Um, so the in order to meet uh, that those ships and that uh, keys and docks were built here in Clarecastle and it was a very, very busy port. Um, now, I'm 75. I remember coal boats coming in from England and from Poland bringing coal in here to Patrick Power in Clarecastle or McInerney's in, in Ennis and I can remember the unloading of those boats and uh, the work that it brought into the village. It was a fantastic uh, source of employment when there was no industry. Shannon was yet Way far away in the future, 
and these boats arrived in here. They had to be unloaded locally onto horse and cars, basically, and brought to Ennis and other uh, places. So it was an extremely busy port. And um, just in the last year or two, we happened to find old cine film in colour of the unloading of ships here in Kalkastle in 1952. And it really hit the headlines. Uh, Tina G found out about it. Uh, the main RT news featured uh, on their news. And Nationwide came down and spent a day here with us and made a programme. They were so enhanced with the, the colour and the, the sight of these ships with the smoke and steam and dust and everything uh, that they were enthralled with it. And it, it was a wonderful find and it's really put Castle once again on the map. And Eric, when it ceased to be a port, did Clare Castle decline then in, in some respects? I mean, it, it was a huge, uh, I'm sure it had a huge uh, economic benefit uh, it, being being a port of Clare, uh, uh, if you like. What happened well, afterwards the, then? There were a couple, well, I suppose, as well as uh, shipping, it was also a fishing uh, port. There were 14 families here in Clare Castle that had salmon licences to catch uh, salmon uh, in the River Fergus and down the estuary uh, by net. And that went on for years, um, up to 2006, when the government decided that they w- there was a need to conserve salmon stocks, and they bought out those licences. But it was a, the end of a way of life. Uh, the building, there's a boat here in Clarecastle, and also used down along the estuary in other towns and villages, called the Gandalo. Mm-hmm. The timber boat, designed specifically to be moved easily over the mudflats that are here along the Fergus and along the estuary. It's a designer boat. It's uh, very well known, but there was 14 boats or more of those that were built here locally. Uh, the nets were made locally. So a lot of that skill um, will cease. So I suppose the closing of the port in 1969 um, it kind of coincided with the, the upswing in Shannon with the industrial estate in Shannon. So I suppose employment became more easily found then. So one kind of compensated for the other. But uh, in its day, the port and the shipping and the employment that it gave was a wonderful uh, boost to the local economy. Okay, you mentioned the Gandalow there, and that was very important to Limerick communities as well along the Shannon Estuary Way. A punt gun is another type of vessel, Eric. What was that? No, um, <clears throat> a punt gun is like a giant shotgun. Okay. It was for sh- uh, shooting flocks of fowl on the estuary. And um, in 1860, a man brought two of these large guns in here to Clarecastle. They were used initially for sport, uh, but if you can call it sport, they were mounted on a punt gun. I mean, these guns are so heavy you can't carry them. So they're mounted on a, a punt boat. They go down the, the river and when they're discharged, they could down, bring down maybe 50, 60 uh, geese or duck at the, the one time. Um, now, in maybe the 1940s or so, uh, the, those two punt guns were abandoned here. But the local fishermen took them on because shooting uh, fowl in the off-season when the salmon was out of season... It was a way of supplementing income for the families. They could go down and shoot flocks of these birds and sell them to a company here in Ennis called Lanes. So it was a way of making money when the salmon were out of season. 
And we are, uh, now have these two giant punt guns. They're, one of them is about nine feet long and the other is about 12 feet long. Uh, muzzle loading. Um, absolutely monstrous things. And we have a punt boat here and it is our hope to put these on exhibition at some stage. We've showed them at the annual regatta here, which is an important local event held here annually. And I hope that we revert to having the regatta back again in 2022. It has been cancelled for the last two years because of the COVID situation. But uh, we hope to have the regatta back and we we would love to have a permanent home for the punt boat and the punt guns and that. And it's another link again with the Shannon Estuary because these punt guns were used in various places. They were used uh, at the back of Shannon Airport. Um, the O'Briens and Dermoland had a punt gun. Um, there was an island below Bunratty, Greens Island. There was a punt gun there, which is now in the Limerick Museum. And um, Roger Morden of Eskeaton on the other side of the, the estuary uh, wrote a wonderful book uh, called on punting in the old days. And I think I I'm not sure if Roger's still with us or not, but it's a wonderful book and it describes the life that people made using these huge guns. Okay, you said there you have uh, you said um, you have your uh, films of the port, your photos, audio recordings, the shipping registers as well. And I suppose you're just looking for one place to store all this very rich archive you seem to have there. We have um, now together with ICANN, there the Irish Community Archive Network which is a part or linked to the National Museum, they encouraged us about two years ago to set up a heritage website. And we did it as a pilot project. And we have a fine website now going. And it enabled us to upload items like our shipping registers, all photographs of the port and indeed people and uh, village life and that. So we have a fine website now. But we would like to have a room or a couple of rooms that we could physically show some of our collection of um, items like the punt guns and the boats and uh, other uh, fishing artefacts that we have. Uh, that's our dream anyway, some time down along the road that we might have that. And as Clare Castle is a stopping off point on the Shan Estuary Drive, it would encourage people to stop off here, enjoy our nice restaurant, we have three pubs here. We have a supermarket, post office, a lot of facilities. And um, people might stop off here and visit the Port of Clare. It's a purely nice recreational area at the moment that really came into its own during the COVID period. People use the, the space down there now to walk their dog, enjoy the river. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a wonderful place down there. Okay, and Eric, like the the communities we featured on this uh, series in Limerick as well, you know, as a tourism route, as a drive, as you said there, everybody would benefit um, from this focus that having a Shannon Estuary Way will bring on these local communities. Oh, absolutely. I think it's it's, uh, designed to encourage people off the wild Atlantic Way to kind of slow down, uh, drive around this 60 kilometre of a drive around the, the estuary, uh, stopping off in little towns and villages and getting to know people and maybe hearing first-hand stories about the place and not just whizzing through a place, you know. So we're encouraging people to stop off at the quay here in Castle, enjoy time here. Um, like in the parish, we have two fine abbeys as well uh, as a 
Holy Well, St. John's Well, which is very well known. We've Clare Abbey, we've Killone Abbey. Uh, there's lots of reasons to stop off here. And uh, it's a natural, I mean, you come off the motorway at the Clare Inn here, at that roundabout, you come down four kilometres on, you're in the village of Clarecastle. You can pause here then before you go on to the next village, Belnacalli, and uh, start your, or continue on your Shannestry Drive. And you're not resting on your laurels there. You're you're planning a. You mentioned there a, a wider monastic trail, a, a village heritage trail as well. So you're making a real effort to, to as you said yourself, to, to bring in visitors uh, to Clare Castle. Yeah. Uh, we're linked as well with a very active uh, tidy towns committee here, and in recent years, in fact, it's still going on here. We've been improving the the, the road, the appearance of the village through paint schemes, uh, new footpaths. We've taken down the overhead lighting and that. And we're trying to give people a nice space to stop off in that they can spend time here and enjoy our facilities before moving on. And uh, if we could encourage people to stay here for a night or so, we're adding to the local economy. And that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Okay, great stuff. Eric Shaw there educating me on the many attractions there in Clare Castle. And uh, that is a stop along the Shannon Estuary Way. Eric, thanks a million for joining us this morning. Thank you, Trevor. Good to talk to you. Along the Shannon Estuary Way on Live 95. With the Flying Boat Museum in Foynes.